0: QPR QPR now we are.
1: Hello and welcome to Open All Hours the QPR Podcast. I'm David Fraser. There are four of us round the table this week to discuss a whole manner of QPR-related subjects. It's been absolutely ages or seems ages. Since we've done a podcast, it's actually two weeks. Um, but so much has happened in that time. So making his first appearance on the QPR podcast, I better not get this wrong. From Get West London, Correct. not location, 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 not location, location. Is easily confused. Phil Spencer, hello QPR. You do the QPR Beats, yeah, Is that Q- fair Q- to say?
2: Q- yeah, QPR reporter. Yeah, so covering QPR all day, every day, Monday to Friday. Sounds like a good job. And my partner in crime?
1: I don't know. Colleague, uh, esteemed fellow podcaster, uh, Paul Finney. Just acquaintance is fine. I I don't think I've seen you for a month. You haven't, and I'm
3: sorry for... I've been sitting in your seat, David, and I apologise for any insults that you may be getting because of my poor hosting. But it's great to have you back, great to see you, and a love in the beard. I
1: thank you. I... Particularly enjoyed the Grenfell special. I uh, thought it was, uh, I thought it was a great pod. Paul. Yeah, it's hard a to do that, career, and I'm sure it raised a lot of money. I thought it was really, really good. If anyone yeah. hasn't listened to that, mm. even if you listen to it retrospectively, you kind of get a real sense of of how important the whole fundraiser was to the club. And I'm sure it'll be something that we come back to later in the podcast. But Mendes is waiting on the end there, and we haven't even said hello to him yet. Hello, hello, yeah. Chris. I
4: think your hosting skills are fine. Vinny, you know, you're a good caretaker, just like McHarford. Keep QPR's McHarford.
1: Very good. Well, was it Ainsworth caretaker
3: more?
4: Yeah, if you want to be Ainsworth, that's fine as well. Yeah, he's a bit Kirk more rock imagine, roll. like,
3: oh no, come on. You've got a bit more hair than you, but it's fine. Jesus, that was personal. <laughs> Not my fault
1: this fell no. Talking of hair, oh I Christ. mean, we might as well just do this straight away before I do any of the introductions. <laughs> Let's just get this Watch, messy. As a, as a man of a certain... Faultness?
3: Thatch, Faultness.
1: Yeah. What, what, what... I should probably shouldn't say this. What's your view on Matt Smith? You what? Well, Matt Smith had a bald patch last season. Uh huh. He now doesn't have a bald patch this season. Ah, miracle girl. Has no one noticed this? Uh, he's got bit a bit of, done. A bit of the old Michael Vaughan. Yeah. Bit of the old the hair Studio. See, I don't get that because I'd, I you, as a man who hasn't done that. Right. What's your thoughts on I that? I
3: don't give a shit. I was ugly before <laughs> was, when I had her. I'm ugly now and I haven't got her, so what difference is... Good? But the best one I've ever seen was someone put a, a, a tattoo of themselves, or a picture of themselves, they had a bald patch, and had, someone had a tattoo of the, the, a guy with a lawnmower going around their head. Yeah. And I
1: thought that was particularly good.
3: <laughs> um, nah, who cares? You're going bald, you're going bald. I mean, I'm old and fat, that's even more of a worry.
1: There's more than one thing that's a worry in your case, Paul. Anyway. Um... <laughs> harsh. <laughs> right. Always harsh. Always harsh. <laughs> first... first of all, we have an episode sponsor today. We have, we have somebody that has taken the time to sponsor our episode um, and help us with the running costs of the podcast. You're kidding if me. I'm not kidding you. If anybody else wishes to do that, you Is can it another to... another florist again? QPRpod.co.uk. <laughs> it's not another florist. It's a cake maker.
3: Ooh, Let me tell you a your story.
1: Our sponsor today is the English Cake Lady, and right. ours wife living and working in Amsterdam, baking cakes the way they should be. What kind of cake? <laughs> <do you laughs> <have laughs> That's my you next really question. What you will. <laughs> are they the way cakes should be, or are they the way cakes should be in Amsterdam? We don't know. Uh, everything is made fresh to order. Um, there was a Man City shirt cake, but it was only once, and we've never made or ever will make a Chelsea shirt cake.
3: I, I, I'm pleased to know and also uh, I'd be good to link up with them for business we should um, talk to them and help them because QPR kicks and when is this trying to get in
4: Sorry. I was just saying I think we've missed a trick there like while sponsoring our podcast we could have gone over to sample
1: some of the cakes. We could have done. Listen,
4: if anyone wants to take this podcast anywhere in the world and help
3: us with a premiere in nearby, more than happy to go there and talk to fans all over the world.
1: I'm sure her website is englishcakelady.com As long as you sell cider. Or punt an L, as they say in Amsterdam apparently, or search English Cake Lady on Facebook, but... I have actually witnessed someone eating a cake in Amsterdam before, and it really didn't end well. It was a really long <laughs> night after that, and th- there was serious repercussions. So I'm hoping her cakes wouldn't have that effect. But thank you for
3: wouldn't. sponsoring our podcast. Um, she, you've really put us in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> and please don't sue us. Very good, very good. You're welcome. Uh, she goes, yeah,
1: okay. That was going to be a bad joke. pun that I stopped. So thank you to English Cake Ladies, englishcakelady.com. And the beers are cur- courtesy of Darren Fisk. Okay. So thank you very much, Darren. Thank you, Darren. The, all that, that, remains, all that remains for me to say in, in terms of the announcements is, believe it or not, we do have new people listening to us every now and again. The, the podcast that we did the other week, we had all of a sudden um, loads of new listeners. Who did we interview? <laughs> I can't even remember who it was. I can
3: tell you it was Lawful Woods um, podcast, Paul for the Appreciation Saturday.
1: No, it wasn't. <laughs> but the other day, the other week, we Which had loads it? and loads of oh, really? new messages saying, "I've never listened to the podcast before. I've just found it. So if this Clint is Hill. the first time, Clint Hill, the first time, it was yeah. the first time with Clint Hill. Probably because we're doing quite well on the table, the Glory Hunting Podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> so if you are new to us, follow us on Twitter. Walsh. Follow us on Twitter yeah. at QPR Pod, or you can find us on Facebook, and you can listen to all our old episodes on qprpod.co.uk.
3: Did it was really scary, Dave. When Sean Walsh was on the podcast the other week, he looked me in the eye and said, I listen to you naked in the bath. <laughs> That's where he listens to the podcast.
1: No, it's very off-putting. There, there's also... A f- I've never watched it, but there's a fella from Peaky Blinders who is listening to this because he listens to it every week. He's so coming on soon. He better. Mm-hmm. He better. We want him on. It, we it, want it, him w- on. He, he played in the game or or did or did you Yeah, just...
3: he played yeah. the Grenfell game. Paul.
1: Oh. yeah he listens to us he 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 engages as they say it's, we should it's good. definitely get definitely we get want him on. on we're trying to why sort don't out why do we do
3: an actor special one day because we've got enough of them now, haven't we there's henry yeah there's, there's henry lloyd hughes There's, there's uh, donovan
1: from the in between us that is there's this fella from peaky blinders paul yep there must be more there will be more well you're always acting up Ha <laughs> terrible good. pun should we talk about the game yeah, should we pretty... talk about Ipswich? Two-one uh, victory. Uh, lest we lest we forget. We, we won't be forgetting that in a hurry. Was sort of the words that I was trying to find. Uh, Phil, as the man in the press box, mm-hmm. what what's your th- verdict on Saturday?
2: It was um, it was a good performance from from start to finish, really, wasn't it? It was um, if you're talking about the first half, um, I think QPR arguably could have got two or three within the first half. Um, there was a slight feeling as you were getting near to the uh, the half-time whistle, uh, where you were thinking, oh, you can you can just see it where, you can see Ipswich, Ipswich going up the other, t- uh, the other end of the pitch, getting a goal and then uh, the game turns on its head. But uh, no, I, think, uh, I think getting the goal just before half-time and then um, obviously getting the other second just after half-time just kind of, Killed the game dead somewhat. And then then it was QPRs to lose. They, uh, they, they kept control in the second half. They kept possession well. A uh, little bit of a blip as it got towards uh, the end of the game with a, a little bit of a spell of pressure from Ipswich. Mm-hmm. But uh, all in all, good performance against uh, against a good team.
1: And there was quite a few people to single out for performances, really. I Definitely. mean, it was almost an all-round performance. So mm-hmm. it wasn't
2: really a, a bad one. What was the kind of buzz in the press box about who who was
1: who were the best performers on Saturday?
2: Yeah, well I think everyone's been everyone's been talking about uh, Josh Scowen. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been talking about Massimo Luongo. Everyone's been talking about Luke Freeman, the other uh, trio in midfield who've just been taking games by the scruff of the neck so far this season. Uh, but for me, it was uh, it was the likes of Jamie Mackey and Connor Washington up front who um, who really put in, a, put in a shift in that game. And um, I think sometimes those two in particular, they get a little bit of stick unnecessarily. People that they might not be the most prolific strikers in the mm. league, but uh, what they do do is by putting pressure on the defence, they create space, to put them under pressure, and it allows QPR to win the ball back um, quicker. So. What
1: did you think when you saw the team on Saturday, Paul, and you saw that <laughs> selection... I mean, first of all, mm. that Farah was dropped from the previous week. That was, that was a shocker
3: decision. I mean, Birch and Ian should be hung out to dry on that one. That was a terrible. He <laughs> showed pace, enthusiasm, and uh, he did say it was a marathon more than a sprint, to be fair to him. So probably he's waiting in the wings. Forget
4: Farah. Sinclair scored two.
3: Exactly. I'm going to do no more jokes. I think lawful words have a point. They are actually shy Oh, shade.
1: Paul. We can't afford... Move on. Move on. Right. Move on. Look. about Saturday.
3: Saturday, I'll tell you why it was a good performance. I seen that team and I was worried because I wasn't really sure about the formation. I wasn't really sure how we would cope with their pace because they played their, their forwards on the wing and they cut in. And I was a bit worried about that. But to be fair to Ian, um,
1: bringing Baptiste in and playing... A good game, didn't oh, like did, they? And playing
3: it. Re- Robinson as a uh, left-handed side. And,
1: uh, but was that out of necessity or choice, that, that back three?
3: Well, listen, if it, if if it had been absolutely terrible, everyone would say he'd lost his marbles and that was it. But it's genius when it works, isn't it? As football. It's just on the day, it worked brilliantly. But it it works so well. You, you had it on the, the nail on the head, though, because you've got Mackey and Washington who aren't, Washington certainly isn't scoring the goals, but the work they're putting in and the pressure they're putting up, the defence mm-hmm. under, the, the, the midfield are picking up now and they're moving it. And Luongo looks a completely different player now that he's able to go forward and control the game so much better. And Skydon and, Sky and Freeman, I mean, one thing we've got to give praise to, I mean, I've slaughtered Leeds in the past, uh, not slaughtered him, I've been critical of, of our transfer policy. This season, I take my hat off to him. Whatever he's done, however he's done it, Amazing. The player, every single player we've brought in seems to want to play for the shut again. It was never, ever, ever about, about the money at QPR. It should never have been about that. We lost our way, but it's always about the pride. And that has been slowly putting back in. And I'm happy to eat my words every time I'm proved wrong. And I'm very happy to prove wrong.
4: I just hope that midfield trio, uh, none of them get injured during the season. Because I think they're so important to keep them together. I remember seeing the ga- pre-season game against Bournemouth and they were like the only positive thing to take from that game.
3: You say that, but then you've got Manning and stuff that can
4: come in. I mean, there's there's, there's options there.
3: You know, there's a young lad we've got from Exeter. There's a young lad from Northern Ireland, and stuff that you know. There's we've got options there. It's I'm 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 ding gonna ding
1: what? ding. That didn't take you long <laughs> to mention him. Yeah, mm. Cameron. Um, I
4: haven't I've been on since the whole game. And one of the things that stood out for me about QPR this season, I couldn't honestly remember the last time we went down in a game and then went on to win it. And that happened in the whole game. And we, yeah. when we went one nil down,
1: I just thought, all oh, right, here we go again. Did
3: we go down against Forest last season? Did Luongo?
1: I don't know. Did Luongo travel this week?
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. madly. Mm-hmm. Where d- Where did he go? Um, was he playing in Oz? I think it was, wasn't he? Yeah, He's in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Doing his international games.
4: Um, obviously
3: stuck on an airplane.
4: There's a stat that was going around on Twitter. Jack Supple works for Opta. QPR fan mm. posted that no player in the championship has. Um, travelled further than No, th- the more successful tackles in the last two seasons than longer. Oh, right. That's yeah. an interesting stuff. Yeah. I think
1: you probably, I mean, if we were talking about travelling on the international break, you probably struggle to find a player who yeah. travels no, more during true. the season than him as well. But do
3: you know what I find really interesting about Saturday is just that defence when suddenly someone like Matisse comes in and starts commanding himself, and Anua looked a much different player, more subtle in what he was doing. He wasn't doing the kamikaze back passes. But also, Bidwell came into the game more as well. And it's really interesting because, obviously, him and Robinson linked up really well and had a really good understanding. And Mackie just terrorised their their centre-half. I mean, he was properly winding him up. I mean, Mm -hmm. that was brilliant to see. You could see McCarthy losing the plot because he knew exactly what Mackie was doing. And the the guy kept falling for it time after time. And everyone slags off Mackie, but I I love Mackie. I think he's like me. If I'd have been a footballer, I'd have been exactly the same. You know, in that kind of... Everyone says it's awkward. Yeah, l- go on. Lit the no, same about cr- on. Go on. No, but finish, the th- finish the analogy. No, but think, the, th- the thing is, everyone's saying he's, he hasn't got this, he hasn't got that. But what he has got is so much passion that who cares? He will cause havoc. I mean, the season we went up, he was major influential on that side with Adele, win the ball for Adele, doing all the donkey work. He doesn't get the credit he deserves, in my opinion.
1: Do you know what? I think I'll give you that comparison. I'm not sure Jamie Mackey would be that happy to be compared to you, but I'll give you that. Well, a squinty fuck look for Belfast. I
4: remember when um, Sean Derry was on the podcast, he said he was taking a mick out of Mackey, going around to his house, and in his bathroom, he had like a yeah, painting of, him, of himself him in there. Himself, Have I you got one of those that.
1: in your in your bathroom?
3: No, I've got a picture of Martin O'Neill. Oh, no. Uh,
2: it's,
1: <laughs> it's called a mirror. Um Boom! <laughs> Phil, you, we're Brad about to, we we're we're very uh, lucky. We're, we're about to speak to uh, Luke Freeman. Really excited to hear from him. What is as a you know? You, I don't think we make any secret of it. You're not a QPR fan, but you've watched um, most of the games, if not all of them mm. this season. Who is your season. team then?
2: What Middlesbrough? It's my team.
1: Interesting. Mm. Who we're playing Saturday? So yeah. so, we'll, so we'll we'll, we'll ta- we talk about that. We'll, we'll get later some. On. We'll talk about that a little <laughs> bit later. What
2: what's your Take on Luke Freeman and what he's brought to QPR the last few months. I think he's, um, he's he's just a quality player, isn't he? He's um, he's the kind of player who a lot of teams are looking out for. That kind of player, just someone who he might he might not be playing particularly well. I mean, on on Saturday, I, I didn't think he had the best first half. He was um, he was misplacing passes, like the, he wasn't uh, like able to control the ball particularly well. But he was still eager to get on the ball and try and make something happen. And it was almost when when his goal went in just after half time, it just kind of like like raised his confidence and then he was back to his normal self again trying to ask, asking for the ball at every opportunity mm. pinging the ball around and he, he's more than happy to get on the ball and drive forward as well so uh you need any that kind one, of like fearlessness I mean, in and if team. you
1: if you do a Cruyff turn and end up with a goal at the end of it i mean mm. that is perfect isn't it yeah. you, you you would just love to be able to do that <clears> in a game
0: anyway. yeah,
4: it is rare what you're saying is right players that kind of almost demand the ball you know, mm, yeah every, you know every team needs one who's actually good as well. It was like toact when we had him. I'm not trying to compare them. Um, they are different players, but it's that kind of player you know that you know you expect something to happen when he's on the pitch
1: and, and I was looking at his stats today he's so influential he has he either gets a goal or an assist every couple of games <laughs> right every two two and a half games, something like that. I wonder
3: why. Someone, I man, please, it didn't. But someone else didn't pick up. Well, the problem was that
1: that mad. his
4: contract was winding down, and there were six months left. So a lot of the clubs that were going to go in for him mm. were waiting for that to happen. And that's what Holloway said. He, that's why QPR had to move quickly. But if you I,
3: think about it, him, Baptiste and Sköen yeah. for three hundred thousand, when you think business, of the absolute it? money we wasted on horrible players, yeah, and that's that's the proper QPR philosophy.
1: Let's talk to him now, then. Hopefully, uh, by the magic of Finney's phone. On the end of the line, now everyone's
3: going to try and pinch my phone at football games to get numbers. Thank <laughs> you for that. But I, have, Mendes's
1: phone. Can we speak to Luke? <laughs> oh, can I've we got got speak any to him? On Go that. on then. You you're done? I'm done. Okay. Hi Luke, you there? Oh, hello. How's it going, Luke? Not too bad. How, what do you think about how was Saturday?
3: Oh, it's brilliant. I wish I could play that poor Pid. Yeah, he's great. Apparently, he's a bit like Jimmy Mackey. Apparently.
1: <laughs> you went okay. So uh, anyone. It was, uh, I mean, literally 10 seconds ago in the recording, we said that we were speaking to Luke Freeman. Um, It turns out we're not speaking to Luke Freeman because um, he didn't pick up his phone which I'm which kind of that you know happens um, that was really convincing it, it was, vibe, it was, was it? convincing <laughs> especially when you switched in the course of one sentence from him being from Scotland to India to Manchester that like was he's my well favorite bit it's so. yeah, very well traveled <laughs> you know, sometimes david you could be quite helpful i don't what do you think his voice is like cuz i i assumed it was david beckham right <laughs> like, you know yeah had a great time <laughs> had a great game saturday where is he from where is he from I don't know. I no Will he play for yeah. Gillingham? Oh, he's going to have yeah. that one. He's from London, apparently. So he's
3: going to be... He's probably going to sound like you.
1: He's going to sound like me.
3: That kind of like Porsche boy wannabe. <laughs> 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 That's dumb, him,
1: Okay. Um... What, uh, yes, so we don't have an interview with Luke Freeman because he hasn't picked up his uh, we phone. We will try again in five oh, minutes. We will try again in five minutes, um, but I think this has happened once in our last mm. seven years. that? It was the a... person just hasn't picked up. I can't remember who it was. I've got a feeling it was Neil Warnock. I've got a feeling it was a coach, <laughs> but who knows? Um,
3: Do you reckon I've anyone?
1: Nevertheless, he did text Lots you back. He did text you back earlier, right, saying I'm good to go. So obviously he's just been... He's just been otherwise indisposed, Um, but let's move on because there's a lot to talk about. So apologies for us um, teasing you with Luke Freeman, but it looks like it's not to be unless we can squeeze him in before the end of the show. So let's uh, like I have a long list of stuff that we haven't talked about for two weeks. So let's talk about feel good factor. There's not only do we appear to be getting it right on the pitch. There's there's almost this unfamiliar, uneasy feeling that they're getting it right. Off the pitch, now we have been extremely critical over the years of the club and everything they've done, and in many cases, rightly so. But everything there is just—I was saying to Phil before—there's just a there's there's something in the water. No, mm. it it good things are happening. But I think that's when the club perhaps used to view
3: what we said as being critical, when we weren't being critical. We were being. This is QPO. a critical friend. Well, which, we're one, so. nudging them a bit. You know, not that we're taking credit for anything at all, but if we are to take credit well, for Well, we anything, take credit for everything. Well,
1: we, we, Let's face it, we think we're responsible for Clint Hill coming back to the club, right? Well, we'll I would like to.
3: to think so, but then again, if you didn't listen to that interview and get the passion that man had for the club, you'd be mad not to bring him back. But
1: then again, maybe it was the fact that he spent five, six years at the club and knows lots of people and he's a free agent. That I also know. may have something to do and with it. And he's really
3: intelligent, good footballer, and knows what he's talking about. Nah, yeah. no, don't do us. But it's good because we never have... Yeah, we were critical because we could see the club... That's
1: rain, by the way. We the, can't do anything yeah. about it. The,
3: the club was losing its way in some Neil, respects. our
1: engineer, is losing it because you're hearing rain, but we can't do anything about exactly. it. Exactly. We're in a room with windows and it's raining on them. Annie Carry Le- on.
3: Any Linux will appear from somewhere in a minute. Yeah. Um, and everything is... Getting right, and we weren't that critical. All we were trying to say is we think our club should be doing this, our club should be doing that, and they're doing it. And they're doing it well as well. They're not just doing it, they're doing it exceedingly well in everything they're doing. Mm. And um, I'm really proud of the fact that Grenfell, um, the old players, the Forever R's, everything, the Stan Balls Day, everything's coming together, and we're doing it without fuss. And that's the best way of doing it. You do it properly, you do it well, and you give the fans pride. And that's all you can ask for. And that leads me on to my next thing, which is be very brief on this. We asked for the team to start showing effort. We asked for commitment. We asked to win games and home games. Get back the Rangers, everyone! If you're listening to this, you haven't been this season. Get back the Rangers, and get but to a I game because he just looked at me for such <laughs> some reason. And get <laughs> whenever afforded. I'm not bit working, I have order, been there. No, harsh. but you know it's, it's not his fault. But you know what I mean? It's like we've asked for this for, for years. Let's fill the ground Saturday. wee bit of Elsley, too empty for my and. Let's get that ground buzzing again. Let's get everyone down there, and maybe the club. Could do a thing with season tickets where they say, you know what, come back and we'll give you the same rate as what you would have had if you renewed. Let's fill the ground. Ooh. We need to fill loftus to throw the game. We need to get that place buzzing.
1: Phil, you're new to the club. Yes. What, what would what would you say as a, an outsider coming in? You know, what's your view of the club in comparison to, I don't know, your experience uh, versus other clubs?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, we're well, coming in. I, I started uh, doing this role at the uh, in the middle of May, so I but it was fresh off the uh, the back of last season, which obviously from a QPR point of view didn't didn't end too well. It was was it six mm-hmm. games lost on a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously my, my job was all about uh, like like getting on social media, uh, finding out what the fans are thinking at the yeah. moment. And let's just say it was it was pretty negative when I took over. Yeah. It, was, um, it was more
1: negative in your view than compared to other clubs.
2: I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, when I took over, it was, um, yeah. I mean, I don't think social media is a particularly fair representation yeah. of the of the fan base because you do get the uh, the fanatics on uh, on social media, but um, it was it was extremely negative when I, when I first came in, and um, but it's it's amazing how quickly that turns with a couple of good results. Um, obviously, start the season, got the uh, the wins against uh, against Reading, got the the win in the uh, the cup against Northampton as well. And um, it's just it's just amazing how quickly it turns, and mm. all of a sudden that negativity just disappears. But at the same time, it does it does come back equally as quickly.
3: I think, to be fair, sorry, Chris. There no, you go. For it. I, I don't think sorry, Chris. I don't think it's negativity as such. I think a lot of people had a problem with the way the club was going, mm-hmm. the ways we were playing, the way the players were behaving. Who were playing for us. Uh, it wasn't just the barriers that came out in match days if it weren't used to section these players off. And like that there was a, a kind of a thing. And, and we spent three hundred million pounds and we have no legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, at the, at the end of the day, we spent a lot of money. We haven't got a training ground of our own. Uh, the ground hasn't been updated that much. So people are kind of thinking, we've got all this money and you just chucked at all these players that have come in, try to change the culture of the club, play with the big boys, and it went horribly wrong. We've gone back to basics. It's gone round. Because that's a football club we've always identified with and always will identify with because it's better to be the the little fella kicking the big guys in the arse than trying to compete and bankrupting yourself and having people who don't care about your club playing for you. Chris?
4: Last season, um, because it was so up and down and then up and then down again when um, Holloway took over, I think most fans spent the entire part of that season um, after Holloway took over trying to work out whether it was the right decision Mm. for the the board to get rid of... um, Castlebank and bring Holloway on board. And I think now, for the first time, people are starting to get it, you know, they and they agree that it was the right call.
3: I think the thing is, as well, people
4: analyse things, and we all do it. Let's face it, football's a, a torturous
3: a mistress um, because, you know, if we'd have lost the Forest, we'd have got really good at yeah. So then everyone would be sitting in this podcast now saying, what the hell are we going to do? The owners probably would have sold and gone. Mm. It would have been a completely restructured club back to the days of when Holloway first joined, which would have been really weird. And high never could repeat themselves. So won that Forest game, stared up, and now look what's happened. Mm. Win I, them home games.
4: I've got to admit, at the start of the season, looking at our squad that we have now, I didn't expect us to be doing as well as we are now. I no. thought we'd be doing well to be like staying above the relegation zone, maybe mid-table. But have you surprised. revised
1: your expectations
4: mm, um, slightly? Not so much. I still wouldn't be surprised if we, you know, we end up where are we now? Seventh or eighth? If you know, yeah. I think we do I mean, amazingly well to be around there at the end of the season.
1: But you probably—I can't—I can't remember what you did say in the first podcast of the season. Yeah. But you probably would have said you know somewhere between tenth and thirteenth would sort of be about par. Yeah. And now, what do you think? A little.
4: Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, I was sl- slightly more pessimistic than that. I thought, you know, we'd struggle. Mm. But. So yeah, I'm right.
1: asking you now, have you revised your slightly, expectations?
4: Slightly, yeah, yeah. Possibly a little bit. Looking at the the way our team's gelling, um, especially in midfield and up front.
1: But it's, it's,
3: it's, it's difficult. Phil, you've watched football over the place. You know the crack. If you have a winning team that's playing football the way you want, players get injured less. Struggling teams, players get injured, mm. feel, the, feel their groin, feel their hamstring, going, oh, I don't really feel like it. The trick is now to keep going. The season we got promotion and um, hardly anyone got injured because everyone wanted to play every week. Mm. Suddenly everyone's fitter, they're sharper. And also they're looking over the shoulder because there are players that can come in now. I mean, Manning can't get a game. He's decent enough. I've, what what I, what I didn't notice on Saturday is, what's happened to Silla and, and Yanni?
2: In all honesty, <laughs> I'm, <at> you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, both of them were, they were both away on international duty. Oh, so right, that, okay. that, that could be that could be part of it. Um, I mean, from my, my personal opinion, it's not something that I've heard from the club directly, but is, do, do those players fit into what Ian Holloway is trying to do with, oh, okay. the, um, with the high pressing and the energetic play? Um, that's just my personal opinion. Both of those players have got qualities of their own, um, but do they fit in with what, what they're trying to do? Is, is Silla the kind of player similar to Mackie or Washington, who is going to be closing down defenders constantly? Mm. Um, I'm throwing that question over to you. Do you, do you think I, he would be?
3: or I don't know. I think with is... Maybe I'm the only one that thinks. I don't know what you think, Chris. But I think there's a good player in him. It's just not coming out. Whether I he think, hasn't settled
4: in London... I think his main issue is... And if you read Clive uh, Whittingham's interview he did with Ian Holloway... Which is excellent. Which is great, yeah. Um, and Holloway touched on that. And you could tell the way he's dealt with him in the media and like, on the touchline before that. And you can even see it when you watch still a play that he just has a bit of an attitude problem I think mm. um, you know his body language isn't, isn't right and that kind of rubs off another player so it needs to be right um, I think that's his biggest problem he is quite he is talented but it's just where he puts in the effort
3: there's been glimpses of talent there is glimpses of talent but also is that kind of laziness as well that they've both got but I'd, it's a shame really because I'd, I'd like them both to work to be honest with you because we need something like that though. but then we've gone back to basics I mean we've got the young lad from Northern Ireland Smith, who everyone
1: back home was raving about. Go um, on. So what's, what's, the, what's the insight on this fella?
3: Well, considering and I support their deadliest rivals. Yeah. Um, I, I don't
1: even really want to say their name. <laughs> but um, Sorry, we're, we're I, laughing. I feel like I need to acknowledge the rain again. No <laughs> worries. We're in a different room. We're, we're in a loft room tonight, which is why you can hear <laughs> that rain. But we're just handy for the podcast being in the loft again. Yeah. Yes. takes me back. Yes. takes me back. We are recording in the but loft.
3: I've followed up all me Glenn tourmates. Uh, who are also QPR fans, mm. asking them about Smith. And one is Johnny McKay, who's listening to the podcast, has mates at Linfield. God mm. has said them. God forgive me. Um, and yeah, loads of clubs were after him. Absolutely bundle of energy. Good wee player. Maybe a wee bit slight. We'll need to work on things. But like I said before, the biggest problem of Irish kids is homesickness. I mean, loads of them come over and don't say But, he could be an absolute bargain and a steal like everyone else,
1: but he is potentially a great player. But I don't think there's an expectation he's going to feature very much this season.
3: No. It, 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 yeah, it, it could be a couple of seasons, but he's... he's. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I really regret having that curry now. I, um, I,
1: I, I will listen again tomorrow to just hear if that came through. If it didn't, that was the I expect, most enormous thunder. I expect just came Peter, through. I'm Quite expecting concerning. Peter
3: Cush is to walk in at any minute. Like, do you know what I mean? But the um yeah, yeah the, the, but isn't it good to see us doing that again though, Dave? Going back to, to yes the, the smaller leagues, so called smaller leagues. I wouldn't patronise them in that much, and getting these gems people who want to come to the club that are hungry, who want to develop, that we can sell on. Getting that kind of player
4: excites me a lot more than, you know, getting a journeyman Premier League player who might do okay for a season or two. And like looking at... The, the thing that I liked most was, I just, on, I can't remember but it was on Twitter or on Facebook now, and I just saw someone comment who was obviously a fan from Northern Ireland and said, oh, we've seen some good players leave over the years, but he's the best out of all of them. Yeah.
3: Do you know the funniest thing about, do you know the funniest thing about it is? For some reason, I got blocked on Twitter by Linfield... I can't think why or what I said, but Linfield Football Club have blocked me. My uncle will be so proud All of me. All
1: of a sudden, I, I've become a Linfield fan. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that, the other signings.
3: That, that, that sums you up, you gob Shows what? <laughs> the other signings. Uh, Wheeler apparently is excellent, by the way. People Wheeler. So relevant
4: to him. Yeah. Wheeler. B- he he Paul Town. Yeah. I'm not I'm sure really if at the like same time as Charlie Austin. Okay. But, but I spoke to someone who's played with him and he's he was like just great, amazing player.
3: And apparently very intellectual as well. So him and Even Smith better. could
4: have really deep conversations. And a newer
1: very intellectual and, and, and know, yeah. we didn't see much of him on Saturday. We saw that shot, which I don't know, showed confidence, whatever, being comfortable. He wore black boots, which I really liked. Robinson as well wears black yeah, boots, yeah. I really like that. i cool so that, that tells me he's not a knob if he's wearing black boots, which is about, you know, that's about as good as we can get at this point. Okay. Um, what else do we know? So, Bright, or Samuel, have I done
2: mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. What can anyone tell us about him?
1: Quick, apparently.
2: Yeah, uh, I've, I, I don't know a great deal about him, but um, I do know that he's, he's quite quick. He's, he's a tricky kind of player. Um, what, uh, what, do, what Radio 5 and TalkSport pundits say when they don't know,
1: they're being asked on a subject they don't <laughs> know about, is they say... I haven't seen a great deal of them so far this season. So you haven't seen a great deal. I haven't of I've seen him. a great deal. That means yeah. I, I, I haven't seen him this season.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he's, um, he's he's meant to be a, he's meant to be a tricky kind of player. Um, I, I do know someone who is a, a Blackpool fan, and uh, they said that he, he definitely has excellent potential. Um, his end product is something which potentially is, could be worked on over over the course of this season. But, I mean, to be honest, he's, he's stepping up into the Championship. He'll be playing around better players than what he was at Blackpool. So, uh, fingers crossed he can fulfil some of that potential when, mm. he, when he obviously joins up.
4: Holloway obviously knows Blackpool quite well, so you, you trust his judgement, knowing yes. the people who work there. And he probably consulted Trevor Sinclair, knows the club quite well as well, plays in the same position, or used to play in the same position as him. Um, he looks... Yeah, I've never seen him play live, but... he I've only seen highlights on his Instagram account he put a highlights reel and they always like he's not going to put a highlight they're slightly misleading yeah yeah. there's best bits but you know comments underneath from Blackpool fans all like great season for us blah blah blah
3: so also he had a go at the Oyster family as well when he left that's always a good thing
4: he did have a go at them yeah he
3: wasn't too impressed how they handled the transfer
1: what I like about all these players we've signed not just this window but the last window and even going back to Smithies and Ingram who I know has gone out on loan but these players have played games. Yeah. I say Samuel, I think, has played 80 games or something like that. Luke Freeman had played 150-odd games. Alex Smithies had played a lot of games. Ingram had played a lot of games. David Wheeler's played a lot of games. They, they're not coming here either fat and bloated from a big much bigger club, taking a step down, or kind of green and, like, completely inexperienced. They've got the right level of experience to now step up. It's... it's Good business, I think.
3: But when you want to sign someone like a uh, Nandy Sinton from Brentford back a day, who had never heard this of this, is what it feels like. It feels Sinclair. like the
1: Sintons, the Bardsleys, the Sinclairs. Morris Doyle. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, those sort of players. You know Morris what I mean. Doyle, interesting one. Though. Carry on. Probably not the right reference. reference. Yeah. Carry on. Go yeah. On.
3: Anyway, no, it's, it's it's I'm I'm really pleased because. It makes everyone feel good. Seeing the likes of young Manning coming through was a start of it. And everything else, seeing Matty come back and, and prove a lot of critics wrong, that's where it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, we shouldn't be selling these big name players because they're coming to love the road, and they'll see that as a way down. We need these young lads like the Bards, these like the Simpsons, to come in and see it as a step up. You're never going to get anywhere with been. It never works. And. You know this. This if we do somehow manage, and there's no reason why we can't push for a playoff place. That would be the biggest achievement this club's achieved in a long, long time with this squad. And if that happens, I will run around shut with Bushban. Everyone drinks.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a deal. I tell you, Loftus Road 100 is next on my list. Mm-hmm. 100 years of that stadium, and don't it look it. <laughs> oh, it was fitting that Mackie scored on his hundredth appearance as well. It was his hundredth start, wasn't it? It was 100th Sort start. of a bit of a fudge how yeah. they made it, but still, we'll take I'll it. Take it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a good Saturday. It was kind but of it, an appropriate response to a good occasion. The club made a big deal of it, and um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Sorry. Go on, Paul.
3: That's no, kind of weird because you kind of think years ago, people, you know, the board probably didn't want us to be here. And we are here, and we're staying here for a long time yet, because that's just a mess. What's going on behind the scenes? Uh, I presume we don't know um, what's going to happen, because it could be ten years, it could be five years, it could be fifty years before we move. But I love love this road. I mean, nighttime games is nothing like it. Um, when you live afar and you come to the ground like I did as a kid, it's it's the best place in the world because you've you've managed it in your head, you've you've thought about it, you've seen it on the telly you're standing there and it's an awesome place to watch football it's just can I really say awesome Jesus Christ I'm listening to my daughter too much um, <laughs> and um, you know at the end of the day it is the perfect football stadium when it's rocking Luke Freeman uh-huh. wants to talk to us should we bring
1: uh-huh. him uh, Luke Freeman's there is he yeah well in which case we will go second time lucky maybe to Luke Freeman I'll it <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> Luke, we got there in the end. Good to speak to you. Um, thanks for giving up your time. We've just been talking about Saturday and a great all-round performance. There must be a pretty decent buzz around the squad after that.
0: Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. You know, ones really, um, it's something that we've, we've been working on really right from the start of the season. Uh, so it's something that we feel like we deserve. Uh, so it's, it's good to see the hard work kind of paying off, you know, for the whole team.
1: And... Um, there's been a lot of chat about the the sort of midfield trio of you, uh, Massimo and Josh, Scowan. It, yeah. it feels like the three of you have really really gelled.
0: Yeah, no, there's a, there's a little flow of uh, fluidity throughout the throughout us, for, you know. It's kind of not saying you always get uh, with, with players, you know, but we kind of just just seem to click, you know, and it, it works really well. We kind of got a thing where it's. It, it kind of doesn't matter where we are. If I just kind of in that free, I can be anywhere in that free. be have got central left or right. It's just uh, you kind of go off of that, you know. So um, no, it's something that we've, we, we've clicked and we've kind of we've said that, you know, uh, uh, it's working for us. You know, but um, No, it's, 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 it's a pleasure to work with him. So yeah, definitely. And
1: where where do you what position do you prefer to to play in, Luke? Where where would be your ideal?
0: Well, where I'm playing to, honestly, I mean, like, like I said, the, 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 the fluidity we've got in that three, it, it's more like it doesn't really matter where you are in that three, whether it's in the cent- central part or the left or the right, as long as you've got a, the three there, whoever that is, um, and that's the most important thing, which is why I think it works so well, because you're not restricted to a, a specific position. You kind of just, you play where you feel like you, you need to go at times, you know, and then I'm lucky enough where it's me or sometimes I have where people just mass or or Josh just kind of cover for you, or vice versa. If it's Mass that goes, then it's it's me and Josh to kind of cover for him, you know. So that's that's why I think it's working so well because we've you, always got not not so much a free role, but you, you kind of you can go where you feel like you need to. So you, you're playing kind of quite quite freely to a certain degree.
3: Luke, what was the um, big pull to QPR when you knew that QPR was interested in you?
0: Yeah? Um. I think it was the all-round package for me, you know, obviously I'm a London boy, so if I had a chance to get home and it was right for me, um, obviously I, I was eager to get home, you know, so I think it's, it's, it's probably being back home in London, it's the club itself as well, you know, it's a massive club, you can't you, you can't forget not too long ago, there was, was in the Premier League, you know, so it's... It's, uh, it, it was just an all-round package, you know? Being back home with friends and family, the club itself, how big it is, and, and where I feel like it could go, you know? And obviously, where the gaffers told me he feels uh, the team can go, you know? Um, so, yeah, it was just an all-round package for me that it, it, was, it was just it was just very sensitive for me, you know? And it was just a way to kind of get signed and, and start start my career down there.
4: Luke, you spent uh, quite a few years at Arsenal under Arsene Wenger, Um what was he like as a manager and how does his style as a manager and coach compare to Ian Holloway? Uh,
0: with with Arthur, he was quite, he was very, uh, he just, he never, never used to say too much, he was really more just kind of, work, you know, and, and say a few points that he thought they he needed to uh, Whereas well, I think with the gaffer here, he's a lot more uh, hands-on, you know, he, he likes to kind of coach the, coach the training session and he likes to kind of Talk to us about the game, what we're doing well, what we're not doing well, where we can improve, and where we're. Yeah, it's it's I, know, I think there's it's, it's no right or wrong way. It's just uh, it's just a preference of managers, you know. Um, it's it's you know, that's really how it is. So there's quite a lot of difference. Whereas obviously with us, you just used to sit back and observe and kind of have Pat Rice. It was really kind of taking it and and a few others, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah.
2: No worries. And Luke, oh, so uh, Loftus Road seems to be a much more positive place this season than what it was last year. So from your point of view, what, what's changed behind the scenes to make it that way?
0: Um, to be honest with you, not that much. I mean, there were times last year when we kind of went on that, that, that bad run. Uh, it was, it, we were doing a lot of good things right. Um, it just just didn't seem to kind of us. Sometimes it happens in football, you know. Um, so, I mean, it, it's really kind of just... Taking off from what we were doing last year and improving on it, you know um kind of it was our first pre season or what well, it was all of our first pre season with the Gaffer, because obviously coming kind of November time last year, so so it, it, it his first pre season of us what he kind of now down is his his main priorities in the team and what he wants from us, and it was it was a good time for us to all kind of gel as a team as well, you know so so yeah was it, 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 I, I don't think that much has changed um. No, I, think I just feel like when you ask anyone down there, there's a lot of good things we were doing in that kind of losing kind of period towards the back end of last year, but it just wasn't happening for us, you know?
1: Luke, what, what, um, what's realistic for this season in terms of uh, aims and, and where we want to end up at the end of it?
0: Um, I mean, it's tough. I mean... Of course we're going to say promotion, because you'd be, you'd be lying if you said you wouldn't. Everyone would want to get promoted, it, it, it goes without saying. So, of course, that's a target for us. Uh, but I think we're just taking it kind of week by week, game by uh, month by month, you know. And, and and we'll kind of deal with that at the end of, kind of each month and, and kind of set ourselves another target. Um, of course, yeah, everyone wants to get promoted to the Premier League, you know. But realistically, we'll just kind of keep doing what we're doing as well and just taking it game by game, week by week, month by month, you know, and, and uh we'll set ourselves targets probably every, every month or or so when we kinda of have the international break or whatever, you know, we kinda of go from there. But um I mean if we keep doing what we're doing then we'll we'll certainly be up there. I mean the teams we've played to we'll start the season uh, we certainly um kind of play our form, you know, professional form, you know, so we we are in a good place, you know, but we're not going really ahead of ourselves. We just we're just kinda of keeping our head down, working hard, learning and uh carrying on doing
4: what we're doing. And Luke, uh, just from a personal um, point, is the Premier League your your target, where you want to be? And and if so, you know, how 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 long do you have a, a you know a target of where you want to, how long you want to get there? You know, how many years? what me individually,
0: is that? Yeah, whether it's with QPR or you know, you're obviously yeah. aiming um, to
4: get there. Well, of course, you want to get there as soon as you can. You know, it's not a long career, so the sooner you can get there, the better. And um, it doesn't
0: always work that way. It's it's really similar to to what I've just kind of saying with QPR as a club, you know, obviously ideally you, you want to get there as soon as you can, you want to kind of get there this year. Um, but at the same time, you've just kind of got to, got to take care of what's happening now, you know, obviously we've all had a good pre-season, pre-season me, myself, you know, I feel good and ready to go. Um, and just taking it game by game, you know, I think just just kind of trying to put in the good performances game by game, month by month, and... I like to think we, the rest
3: will take care of itself, you know? Um, two quick questions for you, uh, Luke. One, not so serious. Have you ever thought about international football? I
0: haven't thought about it.
3: Yeah, like, have you any links to Northern Ireland at all? Like, um, have you ever been there? Have you had Nolster Fry? No, no. Soda no, bread? Wheaton bread? i uh, so
1: No? Who wants
0: to play for a no, proper country? Go on,
1: Paul. Next question.
3: <laughs> I'll put a good word in for you if Tony Cascarino can play for the Republic you can play for Northern Ireland trust me with that link um, the other question <laughs> is has uh, Mark Bircham ever tackled anyone in training like he ta- tackled Kevin Gallon the other week say that again
0: sorry
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've seen it uh, Bertram in the Grenfell match uh, tackled Kevin Gallon head first into a pra- very private area uh,
0: yeah I, saw, oh, I, see. I see I did see that yeah that was. Well, yeah <laughs>
1: He doesn't. He doesn't do that uh, to to you in training. Does he? Does he take it like that
0: in training? No, no, no. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that in training. What's he so like I as a coach? He's very good. I think. I think we've got a good balance, you know. I think all all, all three of them there. You got the Gaffy, you got Fleming, you have got Birch. It's all. It's a good kind of balance, and they've all got their their inputs, and we have their individual sessions that we do um, probably throughout the whole training session, you know. So. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a good little thing we've kind of got, I still anyway, that we've got going, you know, everyone, they've got their balance as managers and coaches to, to have their, put on their sessions and then, and then we kind of go on to other points that we need to do. So, that's why I feel really, if you look throughout the whole of the, of the team and the club, not just the players, it's, it's actually the staff, even, even down to the physios and all, and the masseuses, it's just got a real good balance and a good vibe down there, which everyone's kind of getting along and enjoying each other's company, you know. Um, Sometimes i talk about that isn't always the way, you know. He's, he's sometimes kind of himself in and out and not being, not kind of really being too sociable. But down there, it, 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 it is different, you know. go out for bites to eat. So, yeah, that's like showing it on the
2: pitch.
1: And uh, Luke, is it right you, you're you an FA Cup record holder? Have I got that uh, I am,
0: yeah. I was... Yeah. Gillingham
1: three years back now, oh, yeah, fifteen. You were the young you're the youngest player ever to play in the FA Cup. Is that right? Yeah. F- fifteen years old. Well yeah. you know you've joined a club yeah. with a different kind of FA Cup record.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we haven't got one. <laughs> Hopefully you can help us improve that.
0: Um Well, I'll try to.
1: Luke, thank you very much for joining us. It's been really, really good to speak to you. We were just talking about the, the good feeling uh, that seems to be around the club and the team. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, 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 and on behalf of all the fans, thank you for your great performances this season. Uh, yeah, good, oh, thank you. Good luck for the rest of the season.
3: And thanks yeah, for all thank you've you, done. Thank you very much. Were well, you Croft Cruyff Turlan Saturday, big man? Really enjoyed that. More of the same tomorrow yeah. night.
0: Yeah, thank
1: you very much. No, thanks. Sorry I missed your call. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, we got there. And who called it? Who called it? David Beckham voice. I
3: was thinking that straight away. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He's, was he's that a not, David not... Beckham voice or was that
1: a David Beckham voice? <laughs> it's not quite as high-pitched. <laughs> well, who else, who else was it like? It wasn't like your Indian Scotsman from Manchester... I never said it was I don't think anyone in the world sounds like that (laughs) that?
3: (laughs) No, (laughs) No. but you know what what a nice fella do you notice every player we've got on has been so nice so down the earth and you kind of can see where we're going now can't you you can see the the personalities that they're bringing in although
1: by virtue of the fact that they're nice guys maybe the toe rags don't want to speak to us yeah
4: (laughs) well it's nice that they actually speak about the club instead of Newcastle
1: Yes, Joey Barton, six-year-old Joey Barton podcast reference there. Uh, if, if, if you're new, if you've only listened to us in the podcast for the last four years, I should explain what Chris is talking about. We had Joey Barton on in 2011. You should listen to it, Phil. Mm-hmm. We had Joey Barton on. He did come and join us in the studio, but he did talk about Newcastle for the majority of the time. Rather a
3: lot. Do you remember I held a sign-up said, this is a QPR podcast? Yeah. And he still didn't shut up. Do you also remember
1: <laughs> I put my pencil in the oh, air and you got it. so upset about it? Anyway.
3: Uh, right. I am not i I just want to shit up your arse.
1: Um. So, uh, we've got so much to still talk about, but we do need to wrap this podcast up. So we've done Loftus Road 100. Uh, Hill, Clint Hill. Clint Hill is back.
3: Do we get a fee for that? It
1: can only be a good thing that he's back. He's back because of... There's, there's some issues, isn't there, really, with centre-half. We've got a few injuries, a few long-terms. We've got Grant Hall. We got James Perch is out for a long time. I don't know how long Lynch is out for. No idea. But but, what a player to bring in.
4: Yeah, not just for obviously him being able to fill in for players who are injured, but also just to have him around the place. Oh, Mm -hmm. can
3: you imagine the the experience that a man has play left, back, play centre half, play up front, playing goal? He's just a genius.
1: So the biggest nanny state kind of ridiculous term that's come into football is under 23s, is now the term, not reserves. You're not allowed to say mm. reserves. Arguably, it would make a lot of players a lot better if they realised they were playing in reserves rather than being pumped up and told they're being played in the under-23s. I miss the Avon combination. But, but nevertheless, our under-23s today featured 38-year-old Clint Hill. And <laughs> someone put a really funny tweet, Gaz... Uh, at Zurop R, these were the ages of Clint Hill's teammates in today's under twenty-three game when Clint was actually twenty-three years old. Six, six, four, 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 five, ten, three, four, three. Wow, he could have played in it twice. Clint yeah. Hill at thirty-eight years old.
3: But what, what a man does to come back and do that. How humble is that to come in? Go through the motions again. She shows you how much she wants to play for this football club, if you're asking me, which you not, but that's all I'd say.
1: Ars uh, End. Mm-hmm. This is the bit at the end of the show where we mention anything, everything that we haven't mentioned yet. Chris, uh, you look uh, like you're primed uh, and ready to go. Yeah,
4: I know. This podcast has been really positive, but you know what tomorrow is? It's a London derby, and we've got a terrible record with derbies. So I just hope, and I hate Millwall. I just, I'd love to. Yeah just can't stand them. They're not very good as well now, so we should beat them. And I hope, you know, especially after the way we went out of the League Cup, um, I think we're owed a good performance against a London team.
3: Is that your R's end?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Did you not like it? That's
3: good. <laughs> oh, thanks. Right. I don't really, I I, uh, I don't get the hate with with Millwall because I know loads of Millwall fans and they're Um Obviously you've got the reputation. Is this that. your R's end? Can we clarify? No. Carry
1: on. Um, I've got a few R's actually. do you think you owe me? I'm struggling to find my notes on, on, uh, on uh, my phone. But first of all, Rob Brennan has asked me to man- mention Barry. He's a QPR fan. He's from Labrick Grove, runs State of Mind Fitness in Hammersmith, trains around 10 pro boxers. Really good bloke. Told him I'd see if I could get it mentioned on the pod. Well, there you go. Hi, Barry. Uh, good man. There you go. We should go down there one day and talk to him. That'd we should nice. go down there. The second one is somebody like a guy that I know called uh, Golan dropped me a note the other day who I had nothing to do with him, to do with QPR, I kind of know him through work, and he said, I just wanted you to know I've got a QPR season ticket this year. He said, I went down there last year for one game. The team lost, but I knew these guys have the attitude and character of a team I can support, so I bought a season ticket this year. So there are people who are buying into it, Paul. The main thing I wanted to mention was I haven't been on myself since the Grenfell game. And, Paul, I have known you now for several years. You always talk at the fans' forums and on the podcast about the club having a soul and being engaged with its community. And I think what the club have done over Grenfell and the role that they have played is a leadership role in the local community. You cannot fault it. I wouldn't even try. It's... Absolutely fantastic and meaningful, what they've done. They've clearly raised several hundred thousand pounds from doing it. Um, Right from Tony Fernandez through to Les, Ian Taylor, his team, all the other guys. It's just been absolutely outstanding. And if we're talking about a club getting its soul back, of course, it was for a very important cause. And it's it's really helped the local community. But I think through that, it's helped a lot of QPR fans re-engage with the club as well. And I just wanted to throw my two pennies worth in. The only other thing I would say is I've spoken to a lot of people about it and I always ask them, have you donated? Did you donate if you didn't go? A few of them say, oh, I haven't quite got around to it yet. So if you haven't quite got around to it yet, get your phone now. Whilst I call this out, grab your phone, open up your text messages, Grenfell, that's all you have to spell out, to seven triple O seven. And I believe if you send that text, it's three quid towards the fund so do that and that is me done for ours end
3: changes lives
1: phil your ours end
2: um i don't particularly have one to be honest okay Um, finish um, (laughs) (laughs) where do you park at middlesbrough for the qpr oh yeah
1: give us a little preview of middlesbrough for saturday oh god um we
3: haven't done predictions yet but anyway anyway.
2: we'll do do predictions at the end but tell us what we can expect um, I think it's going to be uh, a difficult game, certainly for, for QPR, but certainly not one that I'd uh, that I'd be ruling them out of. Um, it's been a, it's been a decent start for Middlesbrough so far this season. It certainly they certainly haven't been uh, tearing up any trees so far. They haven't been as good as what uh, what many pundits would have you believe with them running away with the league like they they always tend to predict for yeah. someone each uh, each season. Um, they've, got some, they've got lots of good players, um, a lot of them new into the club, so they haven't really gelled just yet. So um, it could be quite a, an ideal time to, uh, to play them. And um, knowing, knowing the fans at the Riverside as well, um, they, are, they are a supportive bunch. But if, if QPR make it difficult for them and they get in their faces, then they'll certainly there's every potential that the, uh, the fans can... They, they won't exactly turn, but they'll certainly make it a much more hostile atmosphere. And that could be where, from a QPR point of view, that's where they could come out on top. Very good. Finney, finish well, us off.
3: Well, the (laughs) RZen. Thank you for that,
2: David. So, an image
3: in my head will never get out. Um, Red, my RZen is quickly, twofold, maybe three, don't know. But quickly, Anthony Ryan, I've just been taxed by his dad, Tony, is in recovery now and has now been moved out of intensive care. So, that is fantastic. So, we've been following that for a while on the podcast, and I'm really pleased with that. And hopefully, when Anthony's better, he can come actually on the podcast and we'll have a good old yarn with him. Um, Secondly, going back to what you said about Grenfell. Yeah, proud, just proud, just proud of what everything they did, proud of the atmosphere. We did the podcast, as you know, and it was really hard because, you know, I I grew up around now, even though I've got a dodgy accent, and I, I, I know how much it hurt the people around there, and listening to Andy Evans, who had family, worried about people, and the boxing club, um, and the soccer schools losing pupils and stuff, it brought it all home to us that this isn't... A million miles away, it's a mile and a half away, or whatever it is. And, you know, it, it, is, it, is, it, it was beyond sad. And it was never about the money, it was about awareness. And I think the club not only put themselves across really well, they've had that podcast came about, just so people know, was just a, an off the cuff remark I made to Ian and just said, like, I'd like to get the QPR story out because not many people know what you're doing. And it was like, we just come down and chat to us. It was very formal, very open. And I think the club put themselves across well. And I'm so, so proud of them for what they did because it's very easy for people to say that you had to bridge Bill of Dortmund, you did this wrong, you did that wrong, you did this wrong. It doesn't matter now. Rangers have shown it's got a heart, it's got a passion, and the community is still very much a part of what we do. And I'm so proud of them for that. My last star 's end of the show is... Everyone who is going to go to Rangers has got to do something a little bit different, and that is, you know, like, when you go down to Rangers and, like, we start off in Q block and then it ends up in R block and all this sort of thing. We need to get that. There's a bit on Saturday where the ground did come on yours as one and the hairs in the back of your neck were just standing up. We need that 90 minutes, guys. We need to seriously... Tomorrow night, it's going to be really difficult because they're up front. They hate us, they don't like us mm. uh, because of Holloway and everything else. We need to. Do you, you know what I'm talking about on the yeah, Saturday? 100%, without, that absolutely it. It, it was just, oh, it was brilliant. And it just, remi- it just reminded me of this beautiful football club we have that can make so much noise that is so close to the pitch. Let's not waste it. Let's give everything tomorrow night and every home game and just make that place so noisy because there's nothing like a noisy Loftus road. And I was so, so proud of the way the fans were on Saturday against noisy away support. And stop doing hand signs at I me. Mean, it's very off-putting, and it makes you wonder what you're really thinking. And also, on my last hour's end, one last thing. We need, yeah. we need to go back to the live podcast after we get tanked by Norwich and listen to what Mark was saying on the live podcast about what the players are looking at, who they want to bring in. Mm. Him and Ian got a lot of flack in the summer, and less, to be mm. fair, for the players that, were, that come in, the lack of activity in the transfer market. And I think it's only further. people go back to that podcast, have a listen, and then they can now see what Mark Butcham was actually saying. And it took a lot of balls and guts for him to come to that podcast because people I would have thought would have been after his blood. He came down, he faced it up and everything so far this far he said in that podcast has been more or less true so again we're taking credit
1: predictions predictions for millwall or millwall however hmm. they pronounce it and oh, middlesbrough chris uh, i'll say i don't know why we do this bit because we never review it no uh, we but never we'll do it right. anyway. i'll say we'll, we'll, I'll get, get, rate we'll get
4: we'll get four points um, being positive, I think it'd be good to get something at Borough because our home form's been perfect. Oh, mm. We've got mm. we've won all <laughs> our games point. there, but away f- <laughs> <laughs> away from home, we haven't quite um, cracked it yet. So, to get a win there would be good. Paul?
3: wow, I would love us to give a good account of ourselves tomorrow night because we're going to get it in the air because of always association with them. He did get them really good. I fully get why they don't like him, but it'd be so nice with win them in Derby. Oh, the
4: they absolutely hate him. I used to work with someone. He supports Millwall, and I just say so your prediction.
3: Well, my 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 Millwall friends absolutely loathe them to death. But ah yeah, well, say so far the um I think we'll win two one against Millwall, and I think we'll beat Borough two one because Phil. they haven't come up against a side with Luke Freeman in it yet. <laughs> Phil,
2: yeah, I think um, I think tomorrow night's going to be really tough because um, not only the Millwall fans, we know that they're going to make it uh, as hostile an atmosphere as possible. Uh, but as well as that, I think the team, they're, they're such a physical team, they're going to be out there to try and disrupt QPR's play. And I think in contrast to other games so far this season, it's going to be up to QPR to go out and play. So I think it's going to be difficult, but I reckon QPR will edge that one 2-1. One. Um, as for the game against Middlesbrough, I think that could be one where QPR pull off a uh, an upset potentially. Maybe a 1-0 to QPR, maybe a one all. but um, yeah, I think they'll certainly uh, do a job.
1: Um, I'm with Chris I think 4 points I think 2-0 tomorrow maybe 0-0 nil nil Saturday
2: be happy with 4 points
1: is it nice to be back dear? it's very nice to be back, nice to be back you've back made it so nice. welcoming. Yeah. thank you very much for listening I hope you've stayed with us through this podcast and sorry thank you about... Paul for talking long enough for the rain to stop thank you Danny Paul for home. talking long enough for the rain to stop sorry for the rain sorry for the delay on Luke Freeman what else are we sorry for me? Paul Finney oh, thank you for listening really this has been nice. Open All Hours.
0: UPR here we are, this my right does